to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Like never before, it is time to be rooted and grounded in the instructions of Elohim. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Today's podcast is going to be a great one. Yes, it is. Because it's all about how to be blessed like Abraham. Amen. So to our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Send a shout out from your state in the comment section. Or let us know what you'd like to talk about. And a special shalom to our friends in Kenya and Canada. Amen. So, the Ruach HaKodesh inspired this week's podcast from last week's Torah portion. If you've been with us for some time, you are hopefully very familiar with the Hebrew word Torah and its meanings. Some of you may not be familiar with what a Torah portion is, though. So, Miss, please explain what a Torah portion is. The Torah portion is a section of the Torah that is read throughout the week by Jewish communities around the world. It is also known as the Parsha. This schedule keeps everyone on the same page, reading the same scriptures. In Shabbat services, the same Parsha is read in most every synagogue. The synagogue we attend follows the same schedule with complementary readings from the Haf Torah, which means completion of the Torah, and the Brit Chadashah, or the New Testament. It's really great and organized to be reading the same scriptures as other worshipers throughout the year. I especially love the additional readings that really show the Bible as a connected, continuous book. I love those too. So last week's Torah portion was a double portion. It came from Leviticus chapters 16 through 20, as I recall. Mm -hmm. It started with detailed instructions for Yom Kippur, and it continued with clearly stated instructions on handling blood, sexual purity, idol worship, and other standards of holiness. I think we talked about these scriptures in our episode 3 called Torah in the New Testament. Anyway, overall, the book of Leviticus is about holiness, what it means, and what it looks like in day-to-day actions. I would say churches today really need more teaching from the book of Leviticus. These days, the standards for behavior seem pretty far from what the Bible has to say. I agree. Now, Leviticus 18, verses 4 through 5, caught our attention. It says, Jehovah said to Moshe, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, I am Jehovah Elohecha, or Jehovah your God. You are not to engage in the activities found in the land of Egypt, where you used to live. You're not to engage in the activities found in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you. Nor are you to live by any of their laws. You are to obey my commandments and rulings and live accordingly. I am Jehovah Eloheka. You are to observe my rulings and commandments, and if a person does them, he will have life through them. I am Jehovah. In a reading about holiness, we read that Elohim specifically told Moshe about obeying commandments and rulings. So we begin to wonder, well, what's the difference between commandments and rulings? Then, We saw Genesis 26 and verse 5 and the scriptures following. They read, A famine came over the land, not the same as the first famine, 
which had taken place when Avraham was alive, Yitzhak went to Gerar, to Avimelech, king of the Philistines. Jehovah appeared to him and said, Don't go down into Egypt, but live where I tell you. Stay in this land, and I will be with you and bless you, because I will give all these lands to you and to your descendants. I will fulfill the oath which I swore to Avraham your father. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give all these lands to your descendants, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All this is because Avraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge. He followed my commandments, my rulings, and my teachings. So in this scripture, we see Elohim's charge, commandments, rulings, and teachings, and his voice. There's a lot going on here, and Abraham seemed to have handled them all very well. Let's talk about the meaning of these five blessings, Mama. Okay. Let's start with obeyed my voice. Now, Adam was the first human being to hear and recognize Elohim's voice, and that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, must have been. Uh, Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10 records the following. They heard the voice of Elohim walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. So the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah Elohim among the trees in the garden. Jehovah Elohim called to the man, Where are you? Mm -hmm. He answered, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. In this excerpt, we learn that Adam heard the voice of Elohim. He recognized his voice and hid because he knew that he had done something wrong. He knew he had disobeyed his voice. Mm -hmm. Now contrast that with what Elohim said about Avraham, where it is written, he obeyed my voice. A New Testament example of obeying Elohim's voice is found in John chapter 10, verses 22 through 29. That scripture reads, Then came Hanukkah, or the Feast of Dedication, in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area, in Solomon's porch. So the Judeans surrounded him and said to him, How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Yeshua answered them, I've already told you, and you don't trust me. The works I do in my Father's name testify on my behalf, but the reason you don't trust is that you are not included among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I recognize them, they follow me, and I give them eternal life. They will absolutely never be destroyed and no one will snatch them from my hands. Hallelujah. My Father, who gave them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them from the Father's hands. That's right. I and the Father are one. So here we have Yeshua telling the doubters that because they don't trust him, even after they have seen the proof, he can't help them. If they did trust him, they would hear and recognize his voice and follow him. By that, I believe Yeshua means obey Elohim the way he obeys Elohim, by keeping the Torah, not doing what pleases oneself, but what pleases the Father. All these things prove he is the Messiah, but they didn't want to see, hear, or believe him. Yeshua said, his sheep hear his voice. Amen, Daddy. 
Now the next is keep his charge. The Hebrew word for charge is mishmeret, and it means guard, safeguard, watch, or fulfill assignment, or fulfill assigned responsibility. <laughs> this word is used in Exodus 12, verse 6, to describe what each family in Israel was to do with their Passover lamb. It read, you are to keep it or guard it until the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now in this instance, Jehovah is giving them one job. Mm -hmm. It is to pick a spotless one-year-old lamb and not to let anything negative happen to it and then sacrifice it on the 14th day of the same month. There was, they were to safeguard it, or as we would say today, they were to guard it with their lives. Another example of keeping his charge is like what two of the three servants in Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30 did regarding their master's goods. Remember the story of the five, two, and one talents? Yeah, I remember that. The servants with the five talents doubled his master's investment. The one with the two talents doubled his master's investment as well. The servant given just one talent, he did nothing with it. In, in this case, the last servant did not keep his master's charge, which was to make him some money when, until he came back. He didn't even do the bare minimum, which was to put it in the bank. He did not mishmeret or fulfill his assigned responsibilities for his master's money. Elohim said that Abraham followed his mitzvote, or in English, his commandments. The statement is pretty simple and straightforward. In an earlier podcast, we wondered why it seems that some believers have a problem with being commanded by Elohim. Psalms chapter 19 verse 8 says, The precepts of Jehovah are right, rejoicing the heart. The mitzvah, or commandment, of Jehovah is pure, enlightening the eyes. When you look at his commandments that way, it's hard to have a problem with them. I agree. Scripture says that Abraham followed Jehovah's rulings. In your Bible, or some other Bibles, it may say statues. Uh, the Hebrew word used here is pronounced hukah. Think of a hukah as a ruling that requires us to do something, but we don't understand the rationale for doing it. If someone asked, why are we obeying that ruling? We can only answer, because Elohim said to do it. For the believer, that should be enough. It's like the father is calling balls and strikes. Someone may feel sure that the call could go either way, but believers are to trust the father's rulings without having to understand. Still, today, some feel that the Sabbath, for example, is optional or could be observed any other day just because they don't understand Jehovah's rationale for making the seventh day holy. The same can be said for his choice of Isaac over Ishmael, or Jacob over Esau, or the land of Israel over Italy. His choice is the best choice, whether we understand it or not. Amen. So some time ago, we were introduced to the differences between Greek thinking and Hebrew thinking. This topic would make a great future podcast, Mama. For now, I'll say that the Greek mindset often starts with the question why, and uses logic and abstract mental models to try to understand. 
The Hebrew mindset is more practical, interacting with the world through human senses and observations. A person using a Greek mindset is likely to have problems with Jehovah's rulings because that person may not always understand why. Jehovah's ways are so far beyond ours, mm-hmm. we'd be wasting time trying to understand everything he does. So I suggest we follow Abraham's example and focus on believing Elohim. Amen. Now, do you insist on understanding everything about Elohim as a condition before you can trust him? What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with his instructions? Would you take the blue pill and try to think your way to the Father's blessings? Or take the red pill, believe him first, and let him teach you and show you what you need to know? Only you can answer that question. Remember, when Jehovah told Abraham that not only would he have a child, even though he and Sarah were really old, he also said that his seed would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And it all started with him believing. That's right. So the last point that Elohim made about Abraham was that he followed his Torah. Earlier in this podcast, we talked about the meaning of Torah. It means instructions or teachings. So just imagine, the creator of the universe spoke to Abraham. Abraham recognized and obeyed his voice, fulfilled the responsibilities given to him, obeyed Elohim's commandments, accepted and followed his rulings concerning unclear situations, and applied Elohim's teachings to his own life. Abraham is a special man, and we have the same opportunities to interact with Elohim in our lives. Mm Mm-hmm. He speaks to us so we can know his voice. He charges us to keep things that are precious, and he trusts us to do just that. He gives us commandments and directions when the rules are more gray than black and white, and he teaches us his ways through his word and his Ruach HaKodesh. We believers have truly beautiful lives, don't we, miss? We really do, Dad, and I really appreciate it. Well, to close out, consider the scripture found in Isaiah 54, 9 through 13. It reads, For me, this is like Noah's flood. Just as I swore that no flood like Noah's would ever cover the earth, so now I swear that never again will I be angry with you or rebuke you. For the mountains shall leave and the hills be removed, but my grace will never leave you, and my covenant of peace will not be removed, says Jehovah, who has compassion on you. Storm-ravaged city, unconsoled, I will set your stones in the finest way, lay your foundation with sapphires, make your windows shine with rubies, your gates with garnet, your walls with gemstones. All of your children will be taught by Yehovah. Your children will have great peace. Well, miss, those are awesome promises Yehovah made to Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great to be taught by Yehovah. It's even greater to have your children taught by Yehovah. Mm -hmm. To our listeners, if you have children, know that Yehovah is more than willing to teach them too. And may all believers enjoy the great peace that comes from being taught by the Father. May we all follow the example of faithful Abraham, seeking to know and obey the Father's voice Mm -hmm. and keep his charge. Follow his commandments, his rulings, and his teachings. That's how to be blessed like Abraham. Amen. 
that was great. I really enjoyed that. Me too. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over your scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth.